0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Missing Piece podcast. We're your hosts, Annalisa and Autumn. And in today's episode, we will be interviewing our good friend and mentor, Bonnie Swan. Okay, so first, Bonnie will be telling you all a little bit about herself
1: and her background. All right. Hello, everyone. And thank you, Autumn. Thank you, Annalisa. Like, the... Gift that it is to be here on your podcast is just a great gift. So, thank you both for what you're doing and your healing journey for being here, um, you know, in this vulnerable space of sharing yourselves and authenticity because it's not easy, and I know that. I, um, yeah, would just like to kind of introduce myself a little bit of my background. I, um, Kind of started on the path of healing, so to speak, maybe about six years ago. And I found a Facebook advertisement for a permaculture farm 200-hour yoga teacher training. I was like, this sounds like <laughs> a little crazy. There's no cell phones, no internet, no, uh, you know, connection um, to even electricity. Like, so it was like all in the middle of the jungle and I spent a month in Costa Rica on a permaculture farm and I think that was the big shift where I kind of woke up a little bit and I realized all of these things that have been happening to me were happening for me just to get to that point so that I could start to feel this spark and so I've um I could go on and on. Sorry. Maybe, maybe I need to, maybe I need to, like, slow down, like. (laughs) So, I got certified in my 200-hour yoga teacher um, training, and also worked with, um, my teacher Usha was at that program, and she taught me a lot about the you know, body of a woman, the menstrual cycle, and, like, we dove deep into, like, learning more about our bodies. And I realized, like, oh, that high school educational, you know, course that they give you in health, like, really doesn't give you much, like, <laughs> and, you know, the embarrassment that maybe some of our mothers had trying to tell us, like, what they know, like, they've kind of been shamed into not really being able to, you know, express what's going on. Um So these are kind of like the seeds that were planted in this womb health, in this yoga teacher training, um, that started to guide me forward in not only wanting to teach and share my gifts, but also realize that as you're stepping into a service oriented life, you're also healing yourself as you're supporting the healing of others, you're healing yourself. And so, Um, the two kind of merged, and I've been teaching yoga now for um, five years, and I um, have started doing some pretty cool uh, womb holder circles where we get together and um, sing and dance and heal and meditate, (laughs) Um, yeah, so I'm just curious to know more about you all and the Missing Peace podcast and, and share what I can.
2: All right, so what are some of the main challenges or difficulties that you face as a spiritual teacher, and how did you overcome them?
1: Going deep really quick. <laughs> like, I love it. Miss, <laughs> miss, <laughs> missing piece. We're like, let's get deep. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, this is just a great opportunity to you know talk about spirituality in this sense of like you know the human condition like the hardest part sometimes is recognizing that you have this human experience Mm -hmm. that you're also navigating um so you know some of the challenges that come up are when I'm out um you know in maybe a vulnerable state when I'm like Going out to to have a drink with friends, and you're kind of exposing yourself, like you know, to the world at large, and you're exposing yourself to your own human experience of um, maybe being in this uh, situation where you're 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 kind of like numbed a bit, like as you start to maybe drink alcohol, or even if um, you're you know, smoking pot. And you get into these situations where you're kind of like, okay, I'm open, like, you know, and I accept myself and I do these things as a spiritual practitioner. And they can numb the edges a little bit. So you start to kind of learn um, how to kind of navigate keeping yourself tuned in mm-hmm. to, your, to your higher vibration. Um, and so... You know like in in the middle in the thick of it like you know sometimes you're just you have to come down and like you know sit down on the ground and breathe and connect to the earth or you have to kind of like exit and then, you know take yourself out of the situation and be like you know what i can just go home oh, yeah. <laughs> like i don't have to be here anymore and i think um that's probably been one of the biggest challenges um you know for me is starting to heal and really like tune into uh taking better care of myself and accepting the human experience of yeah i mean like i do go out and and drink sometimes or i do go out you know and practice with um santa maria and and use that as its own plant medicine that supports um different parts of me but you can also like you can go in in excess in anything and so Um, It's all about finding that balance.
2: Okay, so, oh, this is perfect. No, sorry, I just got excited (laughs) because we were just talking about balance. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) How do you balance your own spiritual growth with your teaching responsibilities and obligations?
1: Such a good question, Um, you know, and I, I want to just number one um start with kind of honoring the both of you again like seeing you in your vulnerability and something you know that is kind of like your baby you're kind of creating and growing and like it's like you're also healing and growing in yourselves and like you know to be able to witness that like is is a gift so thank you again for for being here and um Yeah, if I talk too much, I feel like you can, you can chime in and share some of your experiences too, like on this. But I feel like the most important thing for navigating, you know, your responsibility as a a guide or mentor, and then like also being in this human experience, it's like you have to carve out time to slow down and to process and to digest, you know, your experiences. Because I've personally been in some pretty big containers, you know, as far as um, the, the growth and the expansion. And so you go into this period of growth and expansion, you're, for example, like when I did my 200 hour, I spent four weeks in the jungle On a permaculture farm i couldn't talk to you know my boyfriend my parents i didn't have my dog with me and i didn't have distractions to even like numb like anything and what came up was a lot of repressed trauma and so like i had stored all of this in my body And like the only way to really get it out is to take the time to slow down and to kind of bypass that, you know, desire to numb sometimes. Like, and I mean, we, we fall into patterns of numbing, even with our food sometimes where we're like, oh, you know, like food is comfort. Like I, you know, might eat a little extra when I'm feeling sad, or I might, you know, have an extra drink when I'm feeling kind of like, you know, irritated with someone. And it's like. You just have to kind of like always be the witness. I feel like
0: that's the hardest part about learning is because you become so used to those outside sources to numb that you don't want to face like the realness of it, if that makes sense. Like you don't want to be like, wow, this is deep and this is really how I'm feeling and this is heavy, but it's okay to work through it. The okay part is the part that's not there, you know? Especially when you're just getting into your spiritual journey. For me, I just wanted to, like, smoke and, like, not really get into meditation and not really, like, I'd meditate, but it'd be for, like, a few minutes. I'm like, okay, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) Like, this is heavy. I don't want to do this. Like, I already know what's going to come up. I can't do it anymore. And so I feel like that's what I'm learning from you is to – just drop down and witness and be there with your feelings and sit with them and that it's okay to work through them even if they are heavy, so.
1: That's beautiful <laughs> to hear that. I mean, it's, it's a reflection of the work that you're doing, like, you know, because I like to say, like, as a, as a teacher, I provide a space and it's a, a space that has been cultivated within me of safety. And I provide that space for other people to just kind of drop in and see what's going on and explore. Because I was never given that space. Like, as a child, like, I'm not saying that I didn't have a safe childhood. And I have kind of been gifted this opportunity to, you know, explore beyond what my parents had, the opportunity to explore as far as, like, my spiritual journey. Mm. How do
0: you measure the effectiveness or impact of your teaching on your students' spiritual development and well-being? Hmm.
1: The question like starts to kind of resonate with me, you know, in my heart. It's It's like one of the greatest gifts to be a teacher, to share the gifts that you have. And it can be, you know, anything in yoga in crafting, you know, in um, your work that you're doing, uh, in the services that you're providing, in your family. When you're teaching and guiding, you are tracking yourself throughout the experience and really providing that safe space for others to begin to just go a little bit deeper and inquire within. To measure that it can be, you know, really tricky to like mm-hmm. put a measurement on it um just because we are all on this path in different places. And mm-hmm. so like we have a tendency in the patriarchal society to compare ourselves because we want to feel as if we're um, you know being as good as the person next to us or being as productive as the person next to us or achieving as much as the person you know that we live next to or you know being able to buy as much as as somebody like keeping up with the Joneses so to speak oh my gosh that's so beautiful look at this little like orange wasp <laughs> Hanging yeah, out. he wants a sip of oh,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: orange wasp would like a sip of your oh, chai please <laughs> that smells deliciously <laughs> just don't sting me please okay you can go to my bag don't sting me yeah, please yeah. Oh man, that yeah. just like reminds me. Like I have to give credit to my teachers always. Like, and so I mean like, we might get off topic from the measurement, but <laughs> okay. so my teacher Usha Nandi runs a uh, business called Woman wellness, Womb and Wellness. W O M B Womb and Wellness, and I sat with her in a yogic practice, and like it was one of my first weeks on the permaculture farm in Costa Rica. And she was sitting there in meditation as she's like guiding us. And I'm like, wide alert. My monkey mind is going crazy. And I'm like, eyes wide open. Like, what's going on here? Like, what are we doing? (laughs) She sat there and a bee landed on her, like in the center of her eyebrows at her third eye. Stung her. (laughs) Like I could see the little like red spot form on her third eye as like this bee stung her and left and she never broke concentration oh, i was cool. like that is a measure of somebody who you know number one is either really crazy or number two <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. has gone really deep into themselves and is not affected you know by the external world because her internal world at that time was just like so calm she was like it's cool be come sting me I like, really like, witch. Witch. <laughs> be like that. oh my gosh <laughs> So if there's a measurement, yeah, <laughs> that's <way>. the measurement. <laughs> like <laughs> right. when you are able to sit in meditation and receive the sting of a bee on your third eye, your third <laughs> eye. How you know. that's how you know, know. <laughs> enlightenment
2: yeah oh Oh, my
1: goodness so I mean I would ask you how do you guys measure you know maybe your your own growth and you know um expansion like
2: um you're right this is a bit of a challenging question (laughs) I think that I try to meet myself where I'm at um I try not to measure it too precisely i try to take it day by day you know like connect with my emotions and my needs that day and how i can show up on that day um yeah i i think that i can see where i used to be like a year ago two years ago and even if i'm having like a really bad day spiritually or emotionally I can try to just put it into perspective and realize how far I've come and have hope that I will, you know, keep growing. And yeah, that's how I measure it.
0: For me, it's more of, I guess, like what you said, where you compare yourself to the years prior because we're always growing and evolving as people. Um, I would just say like if a challenging Thing comes up or situation like how would my old self handle it compared to myself now and I could just compare then and now um but yeah that's it's kind of the same as you where I just compare and see where I'm at and if I'm doing a lot better or if I need yeah. to, let's still work on some things so yeah okay what are some ethical principles or values that guide your teaching practice and how do you ensure that you uphold
1: Such a good question, like, because this like really just dives into, you know, like the topic of ethics in general. And like, when you are walking on a a certain path, and you are trying to maybe grow into a, a more spiritual Uh, person or you're maybe trying to be more conscious or even like living in this like idea of the higher self with a capital S You have this lower self, the lower vibration. You look at, you know um, a woman that walks in the room and because of conditioning you might not mean harm, you start to pick her apart. You start to Mm -hmm. judge her for potentially what she's wearing. You start to judge her for how she's speaking Um, you know like oh I'm more like conscious than her or oh I have more you know uh, important things to talk about like than you know her and so the most important principle that guides me is that recognition that we are one race we're a human race and anybody that steps into your field is a potential lesson a potential guide a potential you know support on your journey and um, just it's important to slow down and really recognize that because um, we're living in a society that's post-covid we're dealing with so much trauma you know that's current and fresh that just happened where we were all kind of in this shutdown mentality Not to mention, we had this um, crazy, you know, political like breakdown in a way in the US where people started to really just disconnect and, and form these sides. And the reality is it's like there's always something in the middle. You have a service to yourself to you know listen to other people especially the people who um you know trigger you and 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 really like not to put yourself in a situation where you feel you're in danger or you feel like you're being harmed but really to sit with yourself and go oh okay like am I afraid of maybe like diving a little bit deeper and and figuring out how we can connect in a in a balanced way and like have separate ideas about something but still treat each other with with respect and with love um and so how do I ensure that I uphold these values I constantly question myself I constantly um you know witness the inner experience like when things rise when somebody says something to me and I feel that Um, that reaction of like deep emotion. You start to feel it maybe in the heart, maybe in the hips, maybe in the head, like something just like comes up and you, you feel charged and you're like, Oh, I have a really deep opinion on this. And then Mm -hmm. you take a pause and you go, well, I mean, is this coming up from something else? Is this, you know, coming up because of this person, does this person remind me of someone else? And so just. Self-inquiry um, comes back to this, you know, yogic philosophy of svadhyaya, the yamas and the niyamas, and when you're living on this path, um, yeah, svadhyaya, self-inquiry. It's really important to constantly inquire within and notice if something's coming from that lower s self, the self that you know is is competition mindset, is you know, conditioned mindset from our upbringing, and that you know, capital S self, like, oh, is this like the me that's in service to, you know, like my community in service to the world? Like, you know, am I living from that space? And so you start to like, the more you question it, the more you start to kind of like, you know, find that line of like, no, no, that was that was lowercase self, Bonnie. Mm-hmm. She uh, you know, <laughs> she's a hurt little girl at some point in her yeah. life and like it came up and she got sassy and she said the wrong thing and she You know wasn't coming from a place of heart centeredness she was coming from a place of of hurt (laughs) and you know and self-compassion because that's okay Mm -hmm, like you're just inquiring and like living in this human experience among like eight billion other people in the world like
2: okay So what are some sources or influences that inspire or inform your teaching content or approach? Very fun question. Very fun question. (laughs) I'm ready to dive deep in
1: because this is my favorite part. Like, I love honoring the teachers that have guided me because um, my life has been transformed. The person that sits here with you is a person that has more love in their heart and more capacity to like be of service to the world than ever she could have dreamt was possible. Like I am a complete different person than I ever would have expected myself to be at the age of, you know, seven or 10 or even 15. Like the fact that the world has opened its doors Mm -hmm. and held me (laughs) like is a gift. And I credit it to my teachers, Adi Shakti and Usha Nandi. Um, they have been great gifts in my life. Adi Shakti is like the divine feminine rising. If you like, you know, her, her um, vision and company is soul work. And so essentially like if you find yourself in front of Adi Shakti, like you're probably like getting ready to like have some divine like kundalini rising energy come up and like, you know, express itself. You are in the
2: plane.
1: <laughs> the plane flies by, <laughs> like. <laughs>
2: um,
1: and Usha it was, you know, the uh, the soft, the nurturing, the compassion, and so both of those women have impacted me so deeply that it's 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 just second nature to like credit them and say thank you, and then they come from a deep lineage themselves in practicing under the Akhanda yoga lineage and so um, this is like yoga at the root of yoga in you know the Himalayan uh, mountains in India Um, they Adi Anusha um, being they 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 both practice under uh, Vishva Ji is uh, what he goes by his full name is Yogrishi Vishvakityu and when you have maybe a guide or a teacher, I think one of the most important things that can come from them is like, where are their teachers who has molded and shaped them? Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's where you're getting to the root of, of whether someone's trying to like build something for themselves and for their ego, Mm -hmm. or if they're like rooted in a tradition and a culture and, um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great time to even like start to open up this idea. Like I'm going to like throw a full three, you know, 60, well, not three sixty. No, no, 180. 180. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can cut that out, right? We will. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to throw 180 and then I am going to credit, um, right now I have been practicing with um, you know, the plant medicine, ayahuasca. I've been working with the culture of yahe, which is ayahuasca. It's the Colombian, um, you know, strain of this plant medicine. And I've found, um, you know, a, a, a teacher that I work with where I've been able to practice um, in this plant medicine ceremony that has supported um, a, a true up leveling and being able to be of service, check my own kind of like, uh, you know, tendency to (laughs) self-destruct. And, um, you know, that comes from a, um, a practitioner that that's been with the medicine, um, you know, for 12 years and essentially his teacher, you know, has been in the medicine, uh, since he was a, a young child. And so in the culture of Yahe in Colombia, um, you work with this plant medicine even as a child. And so it's like something that's rooted in your being if you if you end up being, you know, a healer. Um and this ties into this idea of if you're working even with a practitioner in ayahuasca, looking at their You know culture looking at where they learned you know um from their teachers and how they speak about their teachers do you feel like you know they're embodying love when they speak about their teacher because when i sat down and i you know was about to throw up and like you know sit there in Mm -hmm. front of people in a very vulnerable state i felt complete love and devotion coming from you know the mouth of this practitioner Mm -hmm. and that's important Yeah. yeah
0: How do you cope with stress, burnout, or compassion fatigue that may result from your spiritual teaching work?
1: Yeah, when you're in service, that's something that comes up. It's it's just kind of comes with the territory of, of being, you know, in these guiding, um, you know, positions of leadership. Personally, I like to take a bath. I like to soak in a nice hot bath, like with a candle and a book and like disappear into like my little sauna world. (laughs) Like, um, number one, uh, number two, I like to work with, um, ceremony, like is really healing for that burnout, for that compassion fatigue, because you kind of essentially open up a door by like making something ceremonial and it can be even just like making your sage burning a little ceremony and you sing a little song and you, you know, dance a little, or you meditate, or you, you know, journal, or you ask yourself some hard questions about like, what's going on right now? Why have you been acting the way you are? Why are you feeling the way, you know, you are right now? Start to kind of dive in and you make it a little ceremony and then you close that door and you walk out and you're like, Hey, that's over with like I let it go <laughs> like, that's something I'm
0: still learning is to just when you're in that space of I guess healing yourself or diving deep to see what's in there is letting it go and closing that door because I feel like I still carry it so I'm still learning to just okay we've closed that now let's move on to something else and not carry it into my everyday life if that makes sense so I'm still learning with that it totally makes
1: sense, and I'm going to tell you what my ayahuasca teacher told me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you are wallowing in self-pity. You are so attached to your story. Again, this is him talking to me, not me <laughs> talking to you. Like, I, I'm not that hard. I'm not that hardcore. Like, <laughs> I'm like, not oh. that hardcore. Like, oh. You have to think, too. Their culture comes from Colombia, so they're very like straight to the point. Yeah. Essentially, he said, like you are wallowing in your self-pity. And it's not serving anybody in your life. If you want to step into your power, if you want to be about it, you need to have your period of grief Mm -hmm. and let that be your period of grief. And you don't need any more than three days. (laughs)
0: Exactly.
1: (laughs) He gave me three days. He gave me three days. That's
2: it. (laughs) That's a good, that's a long time.
1: And then, I, uh, yeah, and then I went into ayahuasca ceremony that night and I uh, went into ayahuasca ceremony the next night and I was in intense physical pain. I was like in intense emotional pain, had a complete breakdown of like crying and I had my two days and I woke up and I was like, hey, I feel better it's clear. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I grieved. And I like, didn't mean to. It's like
0: <laughs> grieving your old self, I guess. But I'm not scared to let that part of me go. It's more like not resentment. What's the word? I guess I'm still in my ego where I'm just like, you know, these things happen to me and it's unfair. It's just unfair. But you can either hold on to that or just let it go, but I guess I'm just struggling with like letting it go. Yeah. So
1: you're not alone. Well. I'm right there. I was <laughs> holding on to it like I was not talking to you. I was I was telling you what my teacher said to me, and I was like, "Woo! All right, I guess you are gonna push me into the next right. level." Yeah, but I don't you need that though, yeah. Yeah. So you that, though
0: you. for someone to just like you like you okay that's enough like you cannot stay in this place for the rest of your life because you're literally not going to go anywhere with those feelings that you're holding so maybe i just need someone to tell me girl like (laughs) like what you said but like you got to just get through this because sitting here and allowing yourself to stay in that emotion and those feelings is literally not going to get you anywhere spiritually
1: well, and I'm just going to tell you, like, I don't feel like I'm that teacher. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You know nicer than what he yeah, said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like I like to let the soft space kind of, like, be there and let people, like, work through. And I realized that, you know, I had maybe been avoiding having that kind of a teacher until, you know, he found me at the right time. And it, yeah. it was like, like oh, he's, he's dropping the medicine, like. <laughs> <laughs> because. I am one person in a world of eight billion. Mm -hmm. I am one person with one story and I've been attached to it. I've been holding on to it and I've been letting it hold me back. Like, and you know, like, why, why should I, like, I should just let it go. Mm -hmm. There is so much more that I can offer to, you know, people who are in need if I can, you know, let it go and, and move forward and be present. And so, I mean, like, it comes back to this concept of, like, I spent a good portion of my life thinking that things had happened to me, Mm -hmm. and the reality is they've all been happening for me. The fact that I'm sitting here with you on a podcast, Mm -hmm. the fact that you're sitting here offering this podcast, like, everything happened for us to be right here sharing our beautiful gifts with a community that needs to
0: hear these things.
1: Yeah, that's so true. Oh, I love that.
2: Okay. I Good guess, morning. oh, OK, can here that. I go again. <laughs> I guess this kind of ties into what you were just talking about, about your um, ritual practices. But what are some other practices that you use to re- reconnect with yourself and ground yourself in order to show up for others as a teacher? Mm.
1: i love walking barefoot in nature touching your feet on the ground letting you know the earth kind of like heal you with that skin to earth contact mm-hmm. um you know and um also like connecting with plants and um participating in uh you know plant baths has been like a really big shift for me i uh started doing like sweet baths with like my basil plants. And so as a part of like all of my uh, teachings from all of the people that <laughs> mm-hmm. it's all come together into this little like ritual where, yeah. you know, monthly, uh, as a woman, I come, you know, through my cycle and I bleed. And then I share my blood with my plants and make sure that my blood is given back to the earth and it nourishes those plants. So that they grow with that piece of me, you know, um, within them, and then when I'm um, cutting my basil plants and 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 taking from the basil plants, I ask permission, you know, to use that plant in in ceremony. And then um, I'm usually singing as I take from the the plants as well, like singing to them, singing for them. Mm-hmm. And then I will make a plant bath with my basil. And so I'll work with um, just letting the basil steep in hot water. Um, Well, in boiling water, I'll let the basil steep for 20 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever time frame I have. And then I let the water cool and strain the basil. And I'll take a shower. I'll completely dry my body off. And then I pour the basil over me and sit in meditation and let the basil, um, you know, kind of just seep into the skin. And it's one of the most healing practices that I've ever witnessed because I feel, number one, so supercharged from the plant bath. And then number two, I feel almost protected from the plant spirits in a mm-hmm. way. When I walk out, I feel a little different energetically, like, oh, okay, like, no, I don't really want to go do that. I think I'm actually going
2: to go side. do this. question. <laughs> um the basil plant what is that what is like the spirit the The yeah the healing properties behind that
1: basil is kind of uh one of those things that is a um you know sweet plant and so it's essentially when you're working with basil in the in the plant baths you're bringing in all that is sweet and praying and asking for more sweetness in your life and Even beginning to recognize and appreciate, you know, the sweetness that is in your life already Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, if if you're going through a really Hard time and you need that sweetness You can work with basil and then if you are You know, kind of going through a hard time and you're like, I feel like I need, you know to maybe Release this and, and toughen up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Tobacco baths are are another one that can be really intense, and um, so I'll work with like some natural um, tobacco. Um, I don't have tobacco plants, so mm-hmm. I can't work with yeah. <laughs> I can't work with it as 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 closely as basil, but yeah. I still do use it um, because it's it goes back to the to the Yahé culture, the Inga culture in um, Colombia uh, with the plant medicine the tobacco plant is this kind of like psychic and spiritual protector. Um, and it's like more of like a, a masculine plant in the sense that it's like, it's the bitter bath. Like there's something bitter, you know, in my field that is not serving me. And, um, when I work with tobacco, it's, it's, it's different. It's very like,
2: like a detoxing, yeah, like, like astringent a, yeah, type like of, like an astringent detox. But, yeah. yeah, I love, I love herbalism and everything. Like I took so many botany, botany classes in school, so I love all the plants. I love it.
1: <laughs> What's your favorite plant medicine to work with?
2: Um, this is gonna be really basic, but mm-hmm. it's so easy to find. You can find it everywhere. Lavender. It's just so calming for my nervous system and like whether you put it in tea coffee because i love coffee um (laughs) which is not calming thing but the lavender cancels it out a little bit um baths like um essential oils so yeah lavender
0: what's yours i don't have a favorite but i do love lavender so I would say it's the same. It is. Aside from your passion for spirituality and deep inner healing, what do you love to do? What are some of your favorite hobbies? Uh,
1: Well, this is perfect because after this podcast interview, I am going to go on a motorcycle ride. I think it is one of the most freeing experiences um, to be kind of like open on the road. You're kind of flying through the mountains in West Virginia. Um, and so I've been riding on the back of a motorcycle for, um, six years, but I'll actually, um, pretty soon be riding on my own. I took my motorcycle safety course and so I can do that. Um, I do wear full gear (laughs) on a motorcycle. So I wear a full face helmet, Mm -hmm. um, Kevlar reinforced pants and, um, really, uh, thick motorcycle boots and Kevlar reinforced jackets. Um so, you know, anybody who wants to get into motorcycles, I know that it might not look as cool, but I'm just letting you know I'm out there rocking the full Kevlar gear. <laughs> you can do it. Like if you need a friend, like I'm I'm your friend. Like uh-huh. I I want to keep my body intact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um yeah and then mm, I've had my pup Gus for about um 11 years now so walking with uh with Gus is you know just second nature at this point for 11 years we've been taking walks like every day like so we walk in nature together and um it's good for for him because he's stuck in the house while I'm at work at times and um, good for me because we bond and connect and you know he just brings me into the present moment
2: so, what advice would you give to anybody beginning their path towards guiding others through their spiritual journey? Yes, <laughs> people that feel feel <laughs> called yeah, to so guide strange. and but don't know where to start, you know
1: I would say um you know to the both of you, you have beautiful spirits number one like being in your presence you know for the past hour as we've gone through the interview like i can see how important it is for you all to um you know work on your own spiritual healing as well as you know i can feel that the desire to support others is you know something that's like deep within your you know being like um so what comes up for me of course is you are going to find people who do not resonate with what you say and that is okay be yourselves and get out there and start doing it you know start with like the the practices that have helped you the most and hold a little you know seminar or hold a little you know circle or group and um, You know if only a couple people show up that's a couple people Mm -hmm. like you get to kind of like craft your um, you know guidance in a way and your your leadership like um, capabilities like by being in it you can read as much as you want and you can um, you know take all the trainings and and go through all of the things Mm -hmm. um, but you will learn so much about yourself By stepping into the role and putting yourself out there. And you might feel like an imposter for a little while and you might say the wrong thing multiple times (laughs) because I promise I have probably said the wrong thing and I've probably upset people, you know. And like, as hard as this might even sound, I've probably hurt people in my language or speaking, you know, because I wasn't sensitive to what they were going through. You know, you start to craft your um, capacity for leadership by being in it. and just making sure when you show up that it's it's heart centered it's oriented in you know love and you'll you'll just you'll you'll grow you'll expand and you'll move into that space of 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 being about it of being in it and being really you know confident in in your abilities like it just it just doesn't happen you know until you you step into it Mm -hmm.
0: all right last question what is one thing you wish you could have told yourself at the beginning of your spiritual journey Mm. knowing what
1: you know now yeah (laughs) that's a good question i keep saying that about all the questions you guys ask really good questions (laughs) you're professional question givers like i've i've now given you that title (laughs) (laughs) the professional inquirers Um, I would tell myself that, you know, like, it's going to be okay. You have already lived through so much and, like, survived despite it
0: Mm -hmm.
1: that it's okay. And, um, I would honestly tell, you know, myself, like, you deserve to be supported you deserve to be loved and you deserve to be respected Um, and if you don't feel that yet that's okay like because you're gonna get there like you're gonna be there and you're gonna be in it and it's gonna feel so good and you're gonna feel it in your body like you never knew was possible so you know
2: yeah thank you guys for joining us for today's episode and thank you so much bonnie for being with us today (laughs) your wisdom was so amazing and i hope that it helps a lot of people because it definitely helped us today (laughs) you said a lot of things that i think i needed to hear you know i'm sure a lot of other people needed to hear it as well so
1: Thank you so much to both of you. And I'm gonna give the mic to um, Lisa in a minute, but I am gonna take a second because I'm feeling like it's gonna be okay to sell myself just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So, if all of my ramblings and, um, you know, love-oriented language resonate with you and you're feeling like you want to, you know, explore this a little bit, I teach yogas, I teach yogas. You do, do too, though. Do <laughs> you do too. You do though. Cut that out. <laughs> no, you can leave it okay. in. It. It'll be funny,
2: right? Or yeah.
1: whatever. I am um, <laughs> I teach yoga at the Folded Leaf on Saturdays at 11:30, and I teach a yin yoga class, so it's very soft and um, you know, meditation-based. I um and I'm in the works of um planning a beautiful full moon womb holder circle on my birthday, August 30th. Um so it's gonna be the full moon and my birthday. So if you love me, you'll be there.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: hey. Guys, her class is amazing. You literally don't understand. You guys have to be there. Me and Autumn actually just came from her class and it's very mindful like it really gets you into your body and out of your head so yes and definitely come to the womb holder circle on the 30th we'll be there in autumn so (laughs) um but again thank you guys so much for joining and thank you bonnie for being here thank you for your wisdom and we hope to see you guys in our next episode peace out peace out peace out